All right, welcome everyone to book group. I think we're up to, I can't remember how many times we've met yet. Is it our sixth meeting? Sixth, yep. And we're up to chapter five. Seventh, I thought that because we've taken two. Yeah, yeah. It's our sixth meeting together here, is it? And we've had one in Kyabra. I know. We're getting, and we're still only at chapter five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, years and years. <laughs> yeah, it's been good for my emotions because I often I want to. Oh, right, let's get through it, and it'll be a neat little online resource, and people, and that's missing the point entirely. <laughs> we want to get it on the, along the way. So, yeah, yeah, if we get them here, that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, before we start, um, Barbara just wanted to say that she has an extra copy of this, if anyone would like a book copy. Um, Yep, Kel? That's quick. Is this the one? Yep, there you go. Apparently it's lovely to read because it's got big print. Yeah. (laughs) So I found that um, that copy is available on Amazon now, as well as a Kindle version of Through the Mists. And, of course, this version is available at lulu.com and it's available as a free download on our site, which I know lots of you have done. But um, just that it was new on Amazon, I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. Okay, guys, well, um, I've been going through quite a lot emotionally in the last week and I feel pretty raw. And and as you know, we've been pretty busy as well. There's lots going on, and uh, it's kind of an irony that the name of the chapter is the home of rest. <laughs> um, so hopefully you can bear with me today, um, and I'll just try and be myself <laughs> rather than skip over all the emotion that's right with me at the moment. So, yeah. Okay. Um, before we started, I wanted to read you a letter of gratitude from Elvira. I've, written, I've read you one of her, uh, or maybe two of her messages before. So she's been following along with us each week. And uh, this week she wrote to me, she wrote a few things. I'll bring up some of the other things she wrote later. But this one was really to all of you, I felt. She says, I really also want to thank all of the participants. They have helped me so much. I have been, am in, such heavy resistance. There are so many connections I just haven't made. I've been in a justified rage about the injustice in the world since I was a child. It got too hard and a lot of the time now I've just gone into numb. Stop watching the news, reading the paper. When you pose the question of the Chinese baby girls, which I've been very angry about in the past, I just let it go over my head. Prompted by AJ, I've often posed the question to myself of how what I feel can impact on what happens in situations I felt I had no influence over. Not wanting to face anything, I didn't get very far. It was always in the periphery of my understanding. I was just blown away listening to Lorleen's reflections. I had to play it over and over to really get it. My concentration kept drifting. Again, denial. I think I'm going to have to listen to it many more times. And can I add there, I just feel Lorleen's gift was just so amazing. I feel, yeah. yeah. 
a couple of sessions ago, two women spoke about repentance with their sisters. I had a very deluded view about my own relationship with my siblings, thinking I had always been there to help them, etc. But I started to feel agitated listening. A couple of days later, one of my sisters told me how much she has felt judged by me. You, wanted, you talked about wanting your parents to acknowledge the hurt they have done to you. I realised a while ago that I was waiting for acknowledgement, permission even, to feel the grief with my parents. I also understood how it was keeping me trapped in an unloving place. But again, I haven't been prepared to go much further. It's probably silly and in a way I don't get yet unloving, but I feel comforted to know that you struggled with the same thing. Feeling that if you felt that and moved through it, through it maybe I can too. I think I have had you and AJ on a pedestal, thinking you're in a place that I couldn't aspire to. I felt, probably still do, that God gave your soul attributes I missed out on. I know, a cop out. But the more you have revealed about your own process, the more I have felt the possibilities for myself. I know how many layers of unlovingness there are in all that. I really want to start moving through them. So again, thank you to you and all the people who have shared and given me so much love, Elvira. So I just wanted to share that with you because I thought that was beautiful gratitude. And, and for my part, I'm really moved because um, that is my desire that perhaps uh, someone might see that they can change as well if I change. So in fact, that's the whole point that we're here as, as we are. So yeah. So thank you, Elvira, for her willingness to share as well. Okay. So let's talk about the home of rest. How do you guys find this chapter? Lovely, yeah. Barbara? Mary, um, it all sounded such a beautiful place, but I struggled trying to visualise it. Um, you know, it was just visions that I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So unless somebody's got a, a really good imagination, they might want to share it with me, but I just struggled to imagine it. I could sense that it was beautiful and I could sense all the things that were going on, but I couldn't really visualise the magnificence of it. Yeah. yeah. And I think perhaps that happens because we're quite resistive to the grief that that would bring up if we imagine something so oh. incredibly beautiful. Okay. I don't know, how did, any, how did other people find with that? If we go to Deirdre. Um, the first page, I got so angry. <laughs> and uh-huh. um, I had to put it down and bash and scream and yell. because. What made you angry, Deirdre? Um, this is just how I felt at the time. Yeah. That Fred was a hypocrite. That he wanted to help people, the, unless you had an MBA or Masters in English Literature... You know, no God for you. <laughs> so it was because of the language there. Yeah, and yeah. so I just screamed and yelled and bashed. But the so that's days, yeah. similar. Um, you, you were finding it hard to actually visualise what was going on because of some of the language. Yeah, yeah, and that was just the first day. So I said to God, God, how can I understand this if my head's in a dictionary? Right. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, but when I got back to it, I found 21 truths. Awesome. And, and I could visualise it actually once I got through. Remember when you first 
Was it you that first screamed and yelled and bashed because you couldn't understand it? Um, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, and once I got... Well, I haven't got through it, but once I let out the first to rip... Then it, then it opened you up yeah, to understanding it more. Yeah, and yeah. then I could actually... It was like I had a movie going on in my head. Nice. Yeah, nice. so I wasn't so... Gee, seems like Fred actually gave you quite a gift there. Because <laughs> I said, why am I angry at someone who's just written a book? He's done nothing to me. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got into it, Deirdre, and didn't just sit on it. Yeah. Did anyone else find the visualisation tricky? Yeah. Does anyone... Did anyone not find it tricky? Who found it beautiful? Yeah. Awesome. So... Who wants to give us a short summary of what did happen in this chapter? Because that would be great. Luli? I love it when a new person says, I want to talk. I'm going to be brave and say Good something on. today. Um, I thought it was really funny, actually, that he took three pages or five pages to say that he had to sit down and think about things. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a rest. And then yeah, a nap. nap. <laughs> it was quite eloquent. And then, um, so that's basically what happened. He sat down and had to think about things. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he'd seen so far. Yeah, yes. and tried to absorb it and, and reflected on how he'd been given this opportunity to absorb it and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, and then this, this chap, Krishna, came along and they had a bit of a chat. They had a chat. About, yeah. <laughs> just turning into my language, yeah. um, <laughs> about, um, oh, quite a few different things about what was going on and people going through the mists and yep, and yep. so he how, they, how they know who to help and stuff like that. Yep, that was awesome part of it, wasn't it? And what about when he did come to rest? What what happened? Like he found himself in this new place, didn't he? Can you describe it? What did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what he was actually experiencing? He was experiencing himself kind of mend, basically, yeah. and like the physical body ailments leave him and his yep. spirit body mend and then get to a point where he, after his sleep he realised he never had to sleep ever uh, again. Ever again, yeah. And then followed this lengthy description of sleep versus... What was the other thing? I don't know, married to someone else. Weariness. As, weary, oh, weariness, weariness yes. yes. Yeah. And that, that marriage was over. That marriage was over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he was saying that sleep is always with weariness, but he had said goodbye to both of them. Yeah, Yeah. because he was fixed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Lizzie? Um, I loved this chapter, and I really visualised a lot of... And I just wanted to be there. It's like, oh, please, I just want to be there now. Um, The sleep, I actually felt grief in a way of the loss of that Uh really sensing how in my life you know when I have slept because of something being too painful and don't really want to feel it don't want to go there so it's just much easier to go to sleep so it was it's like a welcoming thing sleep yeah and so then let that go but then in the next minute I was really excited about well, what's going to happen next? Gosh, we don't have to sleep anymore. That means I don't have to miss anything. Because <laughs> then there's a missing in the sleep, like in the yep. sleep state. And yep. then that led to, aha, but we've done a talk on the sleep state. So we think that we're actually not doing anything in the sleep state. You know, we're just, oh, just get that just, relief. Yep. But what are we really doing there? Yeah. And of course, Fred, that, that doesn't come into this at all, what's really happening in the sleep not state. Not yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yep. 
Great observations, Lizzie. Yeah. There's, and thank you, Luli, for giving us a summary. Um, and Lizzie, for your reflections there. Because there's probably three major themes in this chapter that I wanted to talk to you about. And that was um, this idea of the gratification of desires. He talks about that right in the beginning of the chapter. So I'd love to talk about that with you guys. And some people have emailed me some questions about that as well. And this whole concept of sleep, the purpose of sleep, our relationship to sleep and rest. Um, And then the third thing that I thought was kind of key in the chapter, and we're seeing it all the way through the book, is about learning and Fred's attitude to learning. But um, what, what they say also about knowledge and God's truth and things being infinite so I'd love to talk about those three major themes because I think there's quite a lot there um, if you guys want to bite that off with me before we do um, does anyone want to give Barb a brief description of what actually happened Deb of what he saw yeah, the physical side surrounds, because there's actually quite a lot of meaning in the physical surrounds as well. Yeah. If I can remember, I did read it twice because I wanted to get it to, you know, um, and desperately wanted to be there. Um, well, he, he left um, uh, Eusmus, I think, I'm guessing, you know, that the trip they took, and then the minute he was sort of back, wherever Eusmus left him, there was this avenue of trees and a, and a pathway. And the, the trees leant over into each other, you know, like an arc, making an arc. And the, um, he might have mentioned a bit later, he found a place to sit that was... Uh, and I did read this a while ago now, but... That's uh, all right. Let's to... talk about just um, as he's walking down, he's comparing it with... Um, a, a cathedral. A cathedral, and, Westminster Abbey yeah, in England, in where he used to sit and long to God. So mm-hmm. he's actually comparing, or what I understood from it, he's comparing the trees and this beauty in the trees to actually a, a cathedral-like surrounding around mm-hmm. him. And there's a lot of different smells, isn't there, and different leaves and different sensory things that he's experiencing mm, yeah the, the leaves give a uh, the, the sunlight through the tr- the leaves give a feeling of stained glass yes and how he yearned for um he used to go to westminster abbey to yeah that brought me to tears all that you know yeah. the, the contemplation yeah. wanting the solitude with god and yeah. um and how he needed no priest to to speak to him that he that he had such a rich inner life, you know, yeah. in his solitude yeah. and in the church. And but he also said that he retreated to nature. So God had these two things come together for him in this home of rest. Yeah. The cathedral and the and nature. And nature. Yeah. And then he he walks down, doesn't he, and he finds somewhere to sit. A, a couch or a a couch, I was a couch of flowers. Was it a couch or was it a couch of flowers? I was reading it one way and then I read it the other way. Mossy Moss. and there was flowers around, wasn't there? Oh, he saw someone else on a couch of flowers. Yeah. Mm. And the fra- and the fragrance. Um, he could. Uh, I don't know if it said it in this chapter, but the the flowers give off both a fragrance and a um, vibration or a sound that's right don't they the sound and the at my feet the, the flowers found voice and wooed my soul in love songs of perfume yeah mm-hmm. so he's making a metaphor about yeah what was happening yeah mm-hmm. yeah beautiful yeah thank you that's great barbara you wanted to 
It was that intermingling of the the structure and nature that I struggled with. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what he was trying to express. I think Deb did it good justice there. Yeah. Joy, just while the mic's... It, it made me wonder why we ever thought we needed to design furniture. Yeah. Like just grow some nice moss and some flowers and there's plenty of beautiful places to lie down. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that funny that we're so detached from nature now. We go, oh, you know, it's going to get grass on my bum. <laughs> There might be insects, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, something that I wanted to talk, and maybe we should just talk about it now, was just that um, he's going to a place of real rejuvenation, isn't he? He's going to a place where he gets to release, be released from the exhaustion of the, of the, of the physical life, basically. But within that, I saw that God has created many things for us to experience rejuvenation through. And some, like a lot of that is nature and the smells we find in nature, the beauty we find in nature, the peacefulness we find in nature. And so I didn't think it was any coincidence that the home of rest is just this very uh, place full of beautiful, natural, um, sensory experiences because I feel that God's definitely designed nature to have that role with us. Yeah. Joy, and then we go to Ange after that. Thanks, Lenny. Yeah, the whole chapter made me feel like he talks about the gift of sleep, but there's also the gift of um, our memory and being able to contemplate and and inquire and curiosity. I thought, what would life be like without those? Like, if something's just passed and then you didn't have the opportunity to go back and reflect, and that's how beautiful God is that we have whatever chances we need to go yeah. back and think about it. And in fact, the more we grow to God and the more humble we are, we mm-hmm. have more. We have almost a complete memory. It becomes more and more complete. So there's all those gifts we've received. It's like we don't just receive them once. That's right. We, we get the chance to go back. Because if it's a pleasurable thing, we can enjoy them as often as, as we wish. Yeah. But it also made me um, realise that of all those gifts, whether it's sleep or memory or... Um, curiosity or contemplation that I feel that I only use maybe 10% of um, the capacity of what's there to appreciate and enjoy. So number one, I take it for granted. Hmm. Number two, I don't fully utilise it. Like even after the sleep state talks, I'm still not fully benefiting from all that I know is is possible there. Um, And thirdly, I've never ever thanked God for all those things. I've never really had the appreciation or the awareness of all of these gifts that are there for us to enjoy. And wasn't that beautiful? Like Luli said, he spent five pages telling us that he just sat down, thought about everything and said goodbye to sleep. But in that, Fred imbues such gratitude for the gift, doesn't he? And he makes us all sit back and go, whoa, maybe sleep is like a really awesome thing. Um, Yeah, so that was a beautiful thing that he's demonstrating through his storytelling even, isn't it? Yeah. If we go to Ange and then to Kel. Yeah, Yeah, for me, that whole part where he described the restful place, um, I was reading it, imagining it, and thinking, wow, what a beautiful place this place in the spirit world must be. But then I had the realisation that, um, okay, God created that and it's really awesome and beautiful, but it just hit me like a brick. Um, in the prayer, we say every well every day, every every time you say it, you say that we are God's most precious creation. It doesn't say the spirit 
world is mo- no. God's most precious creation. So for me, it was like, wow, I'm actually more precious and wonderful than so that, that scene that he's describing. And yeah. for me, that was just like, I can't even fathom that yet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful realisation. Yeah, it was it? lovely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we go to, to um, Kel, then Karen. Yep. <laughs> Try to get one ahead. Um, just the part here where he says... Um, Yes, I am Krishna. And as to your sleeping, why? That was more an item in the program than a disturbance of the same. <laughs> yeah. you know? It like. was something that had to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, and that's, it's that, not to feel guilty about or... You don't have to... Doesn't he no, say it's natural? You yeah, should never repent. It's a right. Yeah. Or, there's it's, a few little things he says around it. And um, oh, what was the other one um, around... Oh, yeah, the... Um, here it is. Oh, never find. Um, That's a beautiful old copy of Through the Mist you've got there. Where did you find it's that? It's second hand. I think it yeah. came from UK or America. Right. Maybe from Robert to help channel it to me or something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Um, just around the. Oh gosh, I was just thinking of it before, but now I've forgotten. Then we can matter. come back to yeah, you. Yeah, because you're going to talk about a lot about this sleep anyway. Just the yeah, the purpose of sleep, I yeah. guess, why God has gifted it to us. Yeah, yeah, and why I feel when I first read the chapter, I was like, oh yeah, this is about sleep. Yeah, okay, that's nice. That's lovely. <laughs> and then you know, rereading it, go, yep, there's a lot in there. And then we really didn't go, whoa, actually there's a lot of grief in me about this whole topic. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I'd like to get deeper into that. But let's keep going, Karen. Are we along the same themes? Yeah. I, I only briefly wanted to say that we don't have to wait to the spirit world to experience natural beauty. It's all around us, all yeah. the time. Yeah. We just need to open our eyes. Yeah, that's right. Be sensitive to... And that's what I was meaning. This gift that God has given us, it's actually... It gives us things quite, you know, physically, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if we go to Sandra while you... And then to Nina. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was amazing was um, how his body transformed and how he really described it almost scientifically, like yeah. saying that every cell was rejuvenated and yeah. renewed. And, and just like, we've got so much grief about how we age and how we ail and, you know, and we could do this just by expanding our soul and just growing in love and that blew me away completely that yeah. it's just so beautiful you know yeah. and so it's just kind of him ref- his body rejuvenating and reflecting the nature around him it's kind of like it goes hand in hand feels like well it's the, partly what, that's what it's giving to him yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, and this, he's resting yeah. and there's a place for him to rest but it's through that rest the environment as well as his act of resting yeah, it's is giving amazing. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool Nina I had a, a bit of an aha in once again in the orderliness and thoughtfulness of God in that as a result of the sleep state talk I now understand that we're going to the spirit world in our sleep state and it was just like wow our death is just a continuation we don't have to go through this I can't p- quite put into words It doesn't have I, to be a big sort of a shock already on earth in that manner he's preparing us in some way for an environment that's going to be familiar for us if if we're willing to recognize it yeah 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 that's very true yeah there's okay if we go to glenda and then we'll get down to the 
to some more of the in-depth. Yeah. Yeah, as I was reading this, like it struck me just the beauty of it and, you know, the and I just think we can have this here and now if I'm at one with God and if I'm willing to feel my emotions. But as I was reading through this, it doesn't seem to discuss anywhere where Fred or any of the others are actually feeling their painful emotions. So well, as we go on, we'll meet people who are feeling their painful emotions. But I guess as we've discussed in previous weeks, Fred has felt a lot of... He, he, Fred's passed in a very good condition comparative to many people who pass over at the moment. He's passed at the top of the first sphere um, and I feel that the home of rest is actually now in the second sphere. So um, he has actually felt a lot of grief and loneliness while he's been on earth. Um, and so that's brought him to a place where, and also because the, of these parts of his nature where he's very driven towards truth, uh, and he's not afraid to face hard emotions within himself, it, it's been a lovely adventure so far. Yeah. So, um, but certainly we meet later on in the story different people who are, who are having to face their emotions that they avoided on earth. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps that's a good time to talk about the very first few sentences in this chapter. Who who was struck by the first few sentences in the chapter? Yeah, yeah. Who would like to share something about what struck them? Uh, Jason, yeah. Uh, I found it amusing. <laughs> like uh, it says, like it's a charm. The um, the oppositeness of every event to the time and place of its occurrence. Yeah, so what does this word oppositeness mean? Oppositeness. I just thought it to be the exact opposite of... No, it's actually not. That would start with an O. There you go. I know, it's tricky, hey? (laughs) Do you want to go behind you to Rob? Because you... Oh, okay. Angie, do you want to tell us what that word means? Um, Side by side. Side by side. Or relevance. Does anyone else feel it? appropriateness yeah so he's actually saying the great charm of this life is the singular fact that every event is really appropriate to the time and place of it when it happens like it's all kind of fitting together yeah and then he goes on to say wish and desire are very closely interwoven with the opportunity for their gratification which is lovely isn't it rob what struck you about those sentences um, I really got to think about what are my true unrestrained desires, you know, not what I think they are or what I intellectually yeah. want them to be because when I get there, it's going to be bang instantly. What I want, I'm going to have. Yep. So what do I really want, you know? It may yeah. not be what I think it is at this present time. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was something that um, I was talking about this with AJ this morning and he said, you know, something would be worth pointing out. <laughs> Fred's having this great experience where he's like... I want truth, I want to know things, let's go for it, and it's all being brought to him. But if we live in a state where we don't want truth, where we want denial, what do you think is going to happen? (laughs) That's going to be granted to you. It's very closely related to your desire. So I think that's an awesome reflection, Rob. What are my true desires? And I would go even further than that, because a few of you, I think Jen, you wrote and said, you know, this is better in the spirit world. It's more closely related. But I would say, think about your desire, your soul desires on earth. 
I see there's a fairly close correlation between your true soul desires and the gratification of those desires. That's the way God created the whole universe, not just the spirit world. And in that way, we can learn a lot about ourselves when we look at the life around us and go, oh, this is my true soul desire. (laughs) Perhaps I should look at that soul, you know. (laughs) Rita? What you just said, isn't that the law of attraction? Yes. Our soul desires something, even so our mind wants something completely different and better. But we are immediately presented with the gratification of what our soul wants. And it's shown to us what we really want. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so Fred, in his earthly life, hasn't been that... He has never like heard of the law of attraction. He's just struck now that when he's there, wow, you know, things are happening. Um, Karen, I want to put a cave... Just before we go to Karen, there, there is a small caveat on that. And that is when you... Because here we are living in a, a sphere where people can exist in all kinds of levels of love. So when we have a pure soul desire, um, one that's in harmony with love in the spirit world, it is immediately gratified. Here on earth, it can be that other people use their will in opposition with that. Can you see that? Whereas in the spirit world, when you're in the condition of love and you have a desire in harmony with that love, everyone around you is in the same condition of love. And so there is, there is that in terms of gratification. However, I think we can't underestimate the power of a soul in a condition of love as compared to the soul in a condition that's in a lesser amount of love acting against that soul. There's still more power in that soul in the condition of love. So I do feel here on earth we have amazing opportunities to have loving desires gratified pretty quickly. Yeah. Karen? Um, I, I read it not so much as my desire is gratified, but I get the opportunity to gratify, which meant to me that, you know, it, it, it was something... I've found in my life just now that I might be working towards something for a long time and lots of opportunities come and help me to get to there. It's, it doesn't get handed to me on a plate straight away. Absolutely. I, the doors open so that I can work my way there. Yeah, yes. and this is, this is the importance of will that Fred also demonstrates in this story. It wasn't just that someone came along and went, here, I'll tell you all the secrets of the universe. You know, he had to ask. He had to be engaged in his learning. And that's one of the, the, that's the third point I wanted to discuss with you as well. And you're right, Karen, we have to engage our will in order to get there. And, I mean, I think that's the most beautiful thing because that's how we get purified in the process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any other reflections on that? Um, there's a quote in the Paget Messages. I think it's from Taggart. And he says, it's hard to learn of heavenly things in hell. And this is another difference between the spirit world and here on earth. Because in the spirit world, we are, as Rob points out, completely governed by our soul, pretty much. That becomes a very strong force. So if I am in my earthly life completely um, preoccupied with avoiding the pain of something that I've done to harm another person or the pain in my childhood. If I pass over in that state, I will go to a, to a location that completely mirrors that for me and everyone around me will be in a similar condition and so we'll all be trying 
we're not even trying. We're just living in a state of completely denying our emotion, completely denying our emotion. That's our desire. That's what's going to be happening. And it's not until we change inside of our soul that someone can come and help us. Because we're not, we're go- it's like a cloud, you know? You, you just completely... Fo- um, who's, who has kids who play computer games? You know? Just completely focused on that thing. Um, and that's, that's what it's like. I'm completely focused and I, I can relate to that the more I just delve into this soul. I go, whoa, I spent those good few years completely focused on avoiding whole aspects of what the pain that was going on in my life. And when, when we enter the spirit world in a low condition of love, that's what's happening. And we have to make the shift to say, I want something to change. Now, Remember, everything around us is geared towards that first soul desire, which is, I want to avoid. This is why it's hard to learn about heaven when you're in hell. On earth, what's different? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) There's a couple of things that are a bit different. Uh, Yeah, Nina? Um, Here, we are exposed to murderers as well as Jesus, basically. So there's a a different milieu around us of, of things, yep. And also we can engage our intellect to some degree, can't we, to help shift us out of this process. Whereas my feeling about the spirit world is that we become pretty soul dominant, emotion dominant very quickly, or it's our fear that dominates. Like the lady we met last chapter on the road, you know? Yeah. Uh, If we just go back to Rob and then we come to Tara. Uh, we have a lot of laws here on earth that we're pretty scared of that keep us on track to a certain degree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's you know, right. our true desires can't be, you know, we, we sort of stay on the line a bit. Yes. Yeah. And that's why sometimes people who have led a very moral life, um, kind of in a natural, if I can call it a natural love pathway, their condition is kind of mitigated because they've never actually acted on a lot of. Sometimes they've had emotions that are quite disharmonious with love. But they actually, that actually does help them when they enter the spirit world. Yeah. Um, yeah, the challenge is going into our soul and not acting and feeling because then our condition gets to be so much better. But yeah, I agree. There's laws here that we're... Fear's still dominating this though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, would... Asking ourselves to um, rem- or remind ourselves to have a reminding ourselves that we are a spiritual being having a physical experience help because I've been doing that this week a bit awesome. and I'm still trying to understand what that actually means. Yeah, but um, I think there was something about that in the last chapter, wasn't there? There was a beautiful quote. Was it the one before? Now I'm getting my chapters mixed up. Where he says. Um, Someone says to him about, you know, it would do man well to understand that basically what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I think that might have prompted it. I'm not, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Last chapter. Yeah. yeah. So does that actually mean by reminding ourselves that we are a spiritual being, having a physical experience, that a spiritual being is one who seeks to be with God? Well, it's up to you, isn't it? That's up to your desire. And I, I guess I probably wouldn't say that I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience. I would say I'm a soul experiencing life physically yeah, at the okay. moment, you know. So 
anything that brings me back to my soul because it's what's in my soul that's going to affect everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. No worries. Yeah. So I guess I thought the difference is we can learn about heaven while we're in on earth. Joy? Um, it made me reflect that God didn't originally make earth any different to what he made the spirit world. It's just that... Um, we hardly even see God's world on earth because we've superimposed this man-made world of self-reliance and um, facade and, and, and all these things like laws and religions and so on that, that are not of God. There's you know, everything from being busy just making enough money yeah. to get by to pollution and wars and so on. Yeah. Um, but I think... Um, God made Earth with the same potentiality of, of the spirit world, and that, and the hope is that as we learn to live more in love and more uh, in harmony with with the way God meant it to be, the Earth can be like that. Yeah. Well, as as um, Ange said, the highest of His creations. Yeah. If we exercise our will in harmony with love, God's love, yeah. then our environment will reflect that. That's the way he's created the laws of the universe, you know. And it is, the world looks like it does now because it's reflecting the collective soul condition of everyone. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see the potentials of the world when there's people exercising their will in harmony with God's love. So the problem's not with the earth. The problem's what no. we've done to the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rita? Are we still with the difference between... This life and the life after, yeah. If you'd like to be. Yeah, I thought the difference is that when we are dead, we can't escape when we're in the spirit world, we can't escape the suffering. Well, that's a good point that probably leads to the second theme that I wanted to talk about, which is the role of sleep. Um, because it is possible to sleep in the spirit world. Like Fred just reached this place where he won't be sleeping anymore. I wanted to read you something Elvira sent me because um, I could really feel her emotion in this. She said, um, I'll just read you parts of what she sent. The home of rest has created the most intense longing I have ever known in my life. It is haunting me. Intellectually, I know it shows how mixed up my priorities are, but at the moment it is making me feel what an incredible heavy burden all of my unhealed emotions have become. I've lived my life crawling under the weight of dragging them around. In my head, I always hear AJ saying, only you can feel your emotions. I haven't wanted to. I thought God should take them because he sent me here. I thought my parents should do it because they caused them, and I have foolishly been waiting for them to acknowledge that. Now I know it's my choice. The law of attraction has brought me, the op brought me opportunity after opportunity to feel the pain, each time the choice was made, each time the choice I made was to set my jaw and fight back. Every time the burden just got heavier. My body is rigid with the pain of fighting. I've been chronically exhausted for 19 years. Elvira has chronic fatigue. I've resisted until I couldn't do it anymore and have to do it another way. Only I can feel my emotions. But then she, she said she wrote all that a few weeks ago or a week ago when she was feeling quite emotional. But then she had this very strange experience. She said she had a really big cry about some real things that had happened in her life. 
and she had the most profoundly restful sleep she can ever remember. She slept for 12 hours solid and nothing was hurting when she woke up. She just felt pleasantly drowsy, another seriously unfamiliar feeling. So her question is, is it possible that the intensity of my longing allowed me to visit one of the rest places in the spirit world? I know I'm not up to where Fred went, but could my longing have been a prayer that God answered to show me what is possible if I continue on this path, or was it just a physical response to releasing some emotion? It's hard to explain to you what an out-of-ordinary experience that night was for me. So what do you think happened for Elvira? Rochelle? Um, it seems like because she had the cry, she was able to release, obviously, what she was holding on to. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just relating it to kind of what I've had. If I've had a really big cry and I've a really peaceful sleep and then wake up feeling clear in my body. Yeah. So it seems... So why is that? Well, cause why does not, that happen to us? Well, because she's not fighting anymore and so the pressure and the tension in the body and the soul, you can actually let go and let some love in. Yeah, well. well, it's yeah. I feel it's very simple. That God. Why do you think God created sleep? So yeah. our physical body could heal. Yeah, to rejuvenate our physical body. So I feel that when Elvira had a really big cry, she just had let go and just let her body rejuvenate. What's happening for most of us though when we sleep? Because we don't always have a restful sleep, do we? If we go to Deirdre. With myself, um, I'm just battling in my mind about what I've done. Have I done it right? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's, if something, obviously, I've done unlovingly, can't rest. So there's a lot of... It's turmoil. Turmoil. It's actually... You're saying you're in your head, but it becomes an emotional turmoil, doesn't yeah, it? And yeah, and I have a re- unrestful sleeps for about... Three days until I finally just surrender, maybe scream, yell, bash, cry or something. Yeah. yeah. Then I can sleep. Yeah. So what purpose... Okay. Anyone else? Yep, Sandra. But also when we have dreams that are pretty fully emotionally um, challenging, then we wake up also, like a lot of the times I wake up feeling terrible from the dreams and even sometimes have to process the emotion that I felt in the dream. Otherwise... It's a, a drainer on the whole day. So yep. whatever we do in our sleep state, I guess, really affects um, that rest as well, what we choose to do. Yeah, well, what I'm putting to you guys is that most of us don't use sleep in the way God created it to be. We use sleep in a way that Lizzie touched on earlier. And that is as a respite from the pain and the hardship around us. And this is some of what Fred's referring to in his chapter, isn't he? He's, you know, he's saying it's the one place where everyone gets to, to you know, hide basically from all the, all the suffering in their life. And I don't actually think that that's what God intended sleep to be for. And as we know, we do have a sleep state. So very often we want sleep because we want to avoid what's happening or we want to get some addictions met in our sleep state. But it's when Elvira experienced this very restful sleep, this is the way God created sleep to be for us. This is my feeling anyway. Do you kind of get where I, what I'm saying there? Yeah. If we go to Ange and then to Geraldine. And, and in fact, he, he created it so the physical body could sleep, but so the spirit body could go on learning. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, doing good things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if it's all in harmony, yeah. it would be quite different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we, I don't think we would sleep as much because we would just need the sleep to rejuvenate. And then we get on with things. Mm. But at the moment, there's a lot of it, like, feeling like... And I really, really relate to this. Like, this is too hard. I want to go sleep. <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's, that's where I feel we don't get as rested when we have those kinds of sleeps. Of course. Because we're... As Sandra said, w- what happens is God's going, up. No, there's still some issues. There's still some issues. And we have these dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nightmares, yeah. And sometimes they're experiences in our sleep state or they're, sometimes they're just our soul knocking, saying, hey, you skipped over something. Yeah. <laughs> so if we go to Geraldine, yeah. Um, yeah, my experience as an insomniac is that very often I can't get to sleep unless I have a really good cry at night. Yeah. And, um, and if I haven't released enough during the day, then there's no way I'll, I'll sleep. And um, I have this um, idea of sleep as being... Um, helping to integrate um, like I guess the spirit body has been through an experience and then the physical body has to catch up, the brain and, um, and sleep is the way for the physical body to catch up. With yeah, when we, release, when we release something from our soul, it has an impact on the spirit body and on our physical body and our physical body takes, needs the most to catch up, it's the most you know uh, Grounded. I want to say grounded. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know. And there's toxins we've been holding onto in this body through the suppression of that emotion. So the sleep in that way is a beautiful gift. It is that rejuvenating gift. But um, very often the reason we're not enjoying good sleep is because I feel because we are avoiding that stuff and we're we're avoiding the pain of our everyday life. Uh, yeah, Rochelle. You know when um, AJ's said in the past he's released emotions and he'll go into a, a sleep, like even during the day? Yeah. Like, because um, often, well not often, that's happened to me when I've had a cry and then this kind of, I'm just wondering whether it's spirits starting to pull me out or whether I've reached a, you know, like, I don't know whether anyone else has experienced this, but just that peace in the body, but I'm just wondering whether it's a false peace. Okay, I don't understand your question. Oh. You you said you're going in and out, or what? oh, so you've had a big cry and and, and the, it feels clear in the body. Yeah. But my, um, and you feel like I feel like I want to kind of then have a sleep. Yeah. But I'm wondering whether that's a false. Do you know I mean like because my mind said, oh, well, I should be feeling great after this cry. I've released emotion, so I should be feeling, you know, clear and vibrant. Yeah. It's not always like that. No, but given what I just said, mm. um, that your body needs to recover, yeah. then it would make sense that you would yeah. have a sleep, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, that's... Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I still have this false belief then that I should be feeling up and perky and wanting to run around and, <laughs> you know, but it's not always like that because the body's obviously having yeah. to... Yeah, to... You will feel the clearness yeah. for sure, yeah. but you might need to rest. Yeah, and the mind's still, oh. like, it's, it's still, so that, that would indicate mm-hmm. that it's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Just be careful of wanting to sleep through your emotions. I've done a few of that. <laughs> Alan? He's got a beautiful quote here. It's only a tiny sentence about his view of the sleep state. Which page is that on? It's Alan? on page 48 on the printed version. Yep. What um, does he say? It's about two inches down from the top. And he states, but sleep is different. 
It is the most tried and by far the most constant friend which poor humanity can possess. Its breast is a pillow upon which every head may safely lie in weariness. Its arms are never full, and every outcast vagabond is always sure of its caress. Yeah. And that just blew me away when I read that. Yeah, yeah. What did it bring up for you, Alan? Well, it just reminded me that God has this perfect system set up no matter how far we fall from grace. And the sleep state, as we've just been discussing, is like another gift that we... It's only that we we don't understand God's laws yep. that are imposed upon us all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually really love going to sleep, but after the, the introduction to the sleep state from you and AJ, yep. I realised I've got error in my understanding of what that gift is. Yeah. 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 But it's. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. Like, there's so much of God's love in this whole process, isn't there? That you know, it gives us this possibility to rest and rejuvenate our body but also as Ange pointed out we can go off and keep learning and we can actually set things up in our sleep state to help us learn more in our awake state and there's this whole process that's going on and the more we understand about it the more we can be empowered in it you know it's like um for me in my sleep state those horrible things all I enacted all those horrible things because I didn't want to be aware of what was in me in the awake state or in my soul you know the minute I start to want that my whole attitude to sleep changes I don't even want to sleep that very as much as I used to but also the potentials for what I can do in my sleep state now is completely different you know I can actually bring about different things to help me um, it's only when we want to cling to denial in our awake or our sleep state that really damaging yeah. things can happen. And, yeah. and affirming that in my mind, I noticed at certain points during my day, period, a flash will come in from the sleep state. So I'm not really that far away from consciousness as far as the sleep state being a place where you actually switch off. Yeah. It's still on, but yep. we're just not having that full awareness of yeah. it. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else reflections on sleep and its purpose and our relationship with it? Kel? Yeah, that was what Alan shared was just what I was going to say earlier. The, that, um, oh, that quote? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what it meant for me around um, how much, you know, I've been addicted to sleep. And avoiding what you're saying, yeah. my emotions, and um, it, it just—it's funny. My son asked me just a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, I asked him, sorry, what do you want to do in the school holidays? And he said, um, not the other handful of things AJ mentioned the other day on the free will around Facebook and friends, but he said, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like brings up my, you know, sadness for the the injury I've received around sleep and what I have caused in him just to want to sleep. Yeah. Away his pain and avoidance yeah. of yeah. his emotions. So the more you shift that, that'll yeah. help him so much. It's true that life gets very exhausting though, doesn't it? Yeah. When we are continually pushing things away and mm. we do, we think, sleep, please come. I yeah. can't. It's not only that I want to avoid, I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Physically, we become exhausted. Yeah. And there's a, he says in here somewhere else, where did I see it? 
just before. He's talking about his experience and he says, I was most conscious of the fact that I was resting, not merely enjoying one of those brief lulls, overwrought strength demanded for recuperation. You know, so not just some brief lull where I kind of take a deep breath before I charge on into the next thing. It was real rest. And that's also where I feel a lot of us get to, isn't it? Just like, that's where I've felt the past few days. Okay, I just got to lie down for <laughs> sleep. Oh, we've got to get up again. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, it's not, that's not the rest that God has given no. us the gift to have. Yeah. No, yeah. but but I must say that just reading, ironically, this chapter and the home arrest and sleep and everything, yeah. it, I, there's a spark in me that's come come alive too about that sort of joy and hopefulness to to not want to sleep and to, you know, be in my desires and just, you know, it just sparked all of that and the 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 hope of not having to sleep again and yeah. and uh, yeah. what I can do, yeah. you know, if I never have sleep, how much time am I going to have? <laughs> Imagine achieving that here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to bed tonight. <laughs> I don't need sleep. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's that, yeah. That idea of... I guess that's why I'm harping on about it, but that idea of embracing this gift in the way that God designed for us to me yeah. seems very powerful. Um, you know, and the whole issue of aging that some, that Sandra brought up. I mean, conceive how how much or how how much little no yeah. how less how less yeah. we would age whatever <laughs> how much our aging wouldn't be as much I don't know I can't yeah. get it out. Um, <laughs> sorry. How little we would age, thank you, Tara. <laughs> I could not get that. How little we would age if all of our sleep was rejuvenating. Yes. You yes. know, if we... Bring if, it on. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Let those cells do what they want instead of just like going to bed in resistance yeah. and kind of lying there going, please, could she just let something go so I could, you know, <laughs> do what I'm supposed to be doing in here. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome, yeah. If we go Lizzie and then Pierre and then Nina. Yeah. It's, it's not really... To, I was just thinking, just talk about sleep, about um, these people that governed um, in the past, like Winston Churchill and I know Margaret Thatcher, all the British, Maggie, yeah. yeah. All these British who didn't need sleep while they were running the country, they might have naps like an hour or... Yeah. How the heck... What were they doing? Well, there's a lot going on for them, eh? Yeah. Hey? <laughs> um, and probably, yeah, we're... Definitely spirit influence, giving them energy and helping them maintain. And obviously they're in some kind of... I'll give you energy if you rule this country the way I want you to. Of course. You know, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Mm. So quite a bit. Quite a bit. Oh, yes. And wanting to avoid, you know, often when we don't want to sleep, we just don't... We we want to avoid what's going to be reflected to us in the sleep state and all kinds of things. And Maggie Thatcher ended up with uh, dementia too, didn't she? Wow. So she really didn't want to remember a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I didn't know that about her. Yeah. Thanks, Lizzie. So if we go to Pierre and then over to Nina. Uh, I use uh, um, sleep to to meet my addictions most of my life. Yep. And so it was always... And it's almost always easy for me to uh, sleep, to go to sleep. It's just like, yeah, I'm, it's going to be better over there. Yeah. But then I don't remember what's happening and, and I'm tired in the morning. And, 
And sometimes I'm praying before sleeping when I remember about my sleep state and and when I pray for for growing um, growing, learning, developing my desires, you, usually I I remember some stuff and I got up less um, I wake up less weary, less tired. So it's interesting that But the key is, if we're not humble in our awake state, how sincere is our prayer really to keep learning, you know? If if I'm avoiding my emotion in my awake state, if I pray for... I can pray for guidance, certainly, and I can pray for learning and to be assisted to get closer to humility. But um, very often, you know, as I... If I'm going to bed and I haven't processed in the day, I'm like, well, I haven't really set myself up for good rest here, have I? Because I'm still avoiding facing something. And, and so my body's still in that, like my soul and my body as an extension of that is still in that place. So, yeah, the more humility we have in our... And, like, I could swear to this a thousand times over... The more we face in our awake state, the better sleeping is. It's not just that avoidance sleeping. It's like, oh, wow. Thank, it does feel like a gift. Thanks, God. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Pierre. Um, Nina? If we use the sleep state for the full rest that God intended, would that set our spirit body sort of more free to do more productive stuff in the spirit world? Well, it's not so much about your physical body setting your spirit body free. It's all governed by your soul, remember. So if you're in a more humble state, in your awake state, if you're humble and you're dealing with what's around you rather than trying to avoid it, then your sleep will be more in the way God intended it. It will be restful. and But also as an extension of that, your spirit body as an extension of your soul, will be going off and doing more productive things because that's it's all, remember, your soul's governing your awake state, your sleep state, your spirit body, your physical body. So, um, it's, so it's not so much that you're liberating your spirit body. It's just more in harmony with your intention. So if your intention is to feel, you will rest more and your, spirit, your sleep state life will be much more productive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Karina? Yep, just here, Nina. Um, I had quite a lot of emotion with this. Um, I had um, insomnia for 25 years until this path. And I have to say that um, I I really agree with what you're saying about um, how humble we are and if we move the emotions, how beautiful that sleep is. And if I don't move enough emotions, I'm woken up in the middle of the night and when I really go into my stuff then I have a beautiful sleep. And uh, I've just proved that this path works with my... All my illness disappeared and my insomnia disappeared and just works. And when I just was very emotional when I read about in its disrespect of persons, it comes nearer the character of God. Yeah, that's quite beautiful, isn't it? when I learned about... I'm learning about God through this book and I want to thank you so much. No worries. And, uh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? To um, I don't know. I think both AJ and myself are very strongly drawn to uh, teaching through stories, you know. And and I I love that about these books. It's just it's not just simple. There's layers, and we could get through this one book and go back to the beginning, and just all of us as a group go back through it again and go, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he said, 
Here with her godlike grasp, she curbs the craving of the hungry stomach and with her visions makes endurance possible till tardy relief brings up supplies or else in concert with her sister Charity, she lingers by the bed of pain that her anaesthetic charm may numb the poignant shafts which make the victim long for ease or death. And within the audience chamber of her home, what severed hearts have been united, what prodigals persuaded to return and what misunderstandings explained. Mm. And that compassion of God. Yeah, yeah. Very inherent in the chapter, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah. Jane, you had your hand up? Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's an emotion there. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Karina. Because I was just gonna um, just just say something about that. Is I actually got a bit of confusion in that paragraph. I yep. thought That's... it was actually God he was talking about um, until the end of it, when I thought, oh wow, it's sleep that he's talking about, not and that yeah. sleep's got quite godlike qualities. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was interesting my interpretation. Yeah. Of, of it when yeah of the whole. Yeah, of that whole paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's demonstrating that sleep is a gift from God, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. If you just pass forward to Karen. Oh, pass forward. I'm, I'm not the most brilliant sleeper, <laughs> but there was a time last year when something quite difficult emotionally happened and all of a sudden my sleep got better. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus said something which I, I couldn't quite make sense of, but it was something to do with the spirit blackmail stopping, and that's why the sleep got back better. Yeah. And I still, like, the question is really, like, where does the spirit blackmail and bribery stuff work with all of this? Well, can you see that when you're in a state of avoiding your emotions, when you're afraid to face something emotionally, then spirits have the most power to blackmail you you know, or bribe you. I'll give you this feeling because you don't want to face that feeling or you do this or I'll trigger this feeling. Do you understand that dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. And so when something difficult happens, often you face a lot of emotions. Right? And so that means the spirits can't have that, that they've lost their power. Oh, I can't threaten her with that anymore. She's faced it. And so they back off a lot. And so often, you, through this process of facing emotional things, being less involved with spirits, you can actually have more of a restful time in your sleep. So is it spirits that are waking me up through the night then, in that blackmail? Look, it could be Karen. I can't feel exactly right. what's okay. gone on. You could ask your guides about that. But, um, yeah, it could be that, or it could be that you're just in this turmoil all the time okay. in your awake state with a lot of spirit influence, and you know, and so that means when you go to bed, that's all still yep. going on for you, you know, and they're still attached. Yeah, okay. yeah, no worries. Uh, Glenda, again. Um, I just can't wait for the time where I have so much energy that I don't need to sleep. Yeah. Um, have, he says somewhere in here, doesn't he, about um, he it's almost feels boyish or something. What does he say? Um, that he can't remember feeling so much energy. Uh, youthful energy then. 
Can't find it now. So, sorry, I know you're not finished, but I just... Pardon? Page 47. Oh, that's on the printout, yeah. Um, it's really not even correlated with the book, hey? I'm on page 53. Um, yeah. What does it say, Ant? Um, it's just after he was talking about not merely enjoying one of those brief lulls Um, he says um, I was filled with a sense of returning vigour and youth carrying with at first the suggestion then a continually increasing certainty that the reel of life was being rapidly turned backward as it were and that I was regaining the robust health for so many years waning away yeah yeah that's it it was yeah that just that youthfulness. Do you remember when you were a child and you had so much energy, you could play all day and run around and then, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Sorry, I know you want yeah, to keep that's going. That's all right. Yeah. Um, well, my question is that I don't remember anything about my sleep state or dreams or anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, is And that how do you feel well? when you go to sleep? Do you feel like... Oh, thank goodness. I, do you sleep for a long time or a short time? Or? It really varies. Sometimes, like one day last week when I was really tired, I slept solidly for 10 hours and just woke up so refreshed. Yep. But there are other times where I might wake up with a headache or wake up just feeling as if I just can't get going. Yep. So I'm just presuming that I've done stuff in my sleep state that makes me tired. Um, yeah, I feel the key is, you know, we've talked about the sleep state recently and everything. I feel the key is not to get obsessed now about the sleep state, is to think about, like I said to Nina earlier, the soul governs all of my experience. And so, like in the example that I gave you guys, I was avoiding a lot of things in my soul and it had detrimental effects in my awake state and my sleep state. But I had to come back to my soul to remedy that. So um, when we wake up and try and analyse, oh, what's going on there? You know, is it a dream or is it a sleep state experience or what is going on? I don't know. You know, we just need to look to our soul every time. Okay, what am I avoiding in my soul? You know, what is... What is God trying to show me through the law of attraction? What is it that I'm angry about? What is it that I don't want to face? And all of those things are are the things that govern our, along with our loving desires, are the things that govern our waking state and our sleep state. So, excuse me. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about um, analysing your sleep state as much as growing a desire to know your soul. So it doesn't really matter whether I remember anything or not. It's when I'm conscious that my emotions are there to actually... And it's more about, what I feel is, it's more about growing a desire to be conscious of our soul. Mm. Because, heck, think about five years ago, guys. Like, we were walking around awake, not very conscious, were we? (laughs) Now we can have, like, a five-minute interaction and go, oh, my gosh, there's 20 emotions in there for me. (laughs) Whereas before, we would have just gone, oh, yeah... I was just in IGA. Yep, I'm fine. What's next? Yeah, so I guess in answer to your question, Glenda, I'd just, work, I'd just pray on a desire to be conscious of what's, what's in my soul. And then, in my experience, it comes at you from all directions. Day or night. Day or night, exactly. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Kel? Yeah, just the bit about um, babies and how we have babies and then um, they're so active, they sleep probably a lot because we've given them that injury from conception. And And the physical body does need to rest. Yeah, right. And a baby, think about how much a baby is processing in a day. Like, 
emotionally, intellectually, it's in a huge stage of learning, isn't it? Mm. It's learning about itself as an individual for the first time and it's learning new skills. So sleep is really important for babies, yeah. Right. So, and then when the baby gets, you know, on on its feet and and starts sort of staying awake more, Mm -hmm. it's running around and, and I remember just always wanting the baby to sleep you know because I was <laughs> it was my so problem. what was that about <laughs> but I remember sleep was such a big thing and it, I hear it from mothers all yep. the time do you know what that is because remember sort of. how I said well you sleep as a respite yep. from you know from the things the pain the suffering the hardship in our day-to-day life often we use it in that way and then we have a baby who just reflects even more everything we're denying. <laughs> and then we go, could you go to sleep, please? Because I really don't like how much you're reflecting right. to me. Uh, <laughs> and I'd probably like to have a bit of a sleep while you do. Totally. So we can all be numb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thinking there's this belief on the planet, you know, that it's really good that, a, that your baby sleeps. Oh, yeah. did your baby sleep last night? Yeah, she or he slept 12 hours. Oh, aren't you? lucky you yeah. know all yeah. of this so, yeah. so that's what I thought of but, but also if we think about the truth about how babies do need sleep because they are going yeah. through so much when they don't have good sleeps it's also to do with the parents emotions right. so yeah right yeah but and it is fun it's like another language the mother language isn't it, it sleeping is. feeding non-stop yeah yeah <laughs> Um, just another beautiful quote was, yield, yield, and nothing loath. I threw myself in fearless abandonment into their embraces and lost my consciousness in the rejuvenating sleep of paradise. That was yeah. so beautiful. Do you know like what that triggered for me? Fearless abandonment. Yeah, it was beautiful, and it triggered for me fearless abandonment. Oh, wow, I'm really petrified. Emotional. Yeah. 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 How much do we just throw ourselves emotionally into an experience yeah it's control could i please have some control what's going next how, totally. how do i regulate the emotion i'm about to have yeah. you know <laughs> that's usually what happens for me exactly if i could just throw myself into abandonment i'd pop up a few spheres in a few months i reckon <laughs> Anyway, it was beautiful. That's not really, that's not uh, speaking myself up there. It's just speaking up God's creation in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he created it. I'm sure it's designed to be able to do that. The opportunity's there when we want it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Deb? It's probably a little bit off, but in the rejuvenation discussion, um, I've been, I recently remembered how clear I was as a child mentally and relatively you know and I just feel so dense now and I prayed about it and I felt it was all the judgments that I've that I've done through my life all the judgments that you've put on people yeah I think it's more about the judgments that have been put on you and the emotions that you've suppressed throughout your life that makes us go cloudy mentally Mm. yeah remember a few weeks ago or maybe it was last week I remember we talked about um Cloudy, yep. Um, No, it was two weeks ago. Last time we were here, um, because I was talking about the rose with Kate about the power of the gift of the intellect and reason and how when it's used in harmony with the soul, like with love and with our soul, our soul guiding it and it being an apparatus, what a gift, like how much we can understand. And I feel it's as we, you know, 
as we shut down so much in our soul, it gets really kind of cloudy up there. It's speaking from experience as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was something I wanted to say about that, but Pierre, what did you want to say? To come back about the baby, mm-hmm. um, when the baby sleep well, um, does it mean that this already it's just nice to the parents that they stop reflecting things, or it's just the parent doesn't need so much reflections, or what does that mean? Oh, the, uh, look, there's no one answer to that question. There could be multiple answers. You know, the human soul is so powerful. And once you have two parents and a child and each of them has a soul interacting with each other, there's a vast amount of variables for behaviour, you know. And that's why it's very hard to give rules or to analyse things unless we can feel the soul. Um, But it could be, yeah, no blanket rule. Sorry, Pierre. (laughs) There were some questions about... Oh, yeah, Ange... I really feel that babies won't need to sleep, actually, anywhere near as long as society as kind of says so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to yeah. see, hey. Yeah. yeah. Because their sleep will be only like ours for the purposes yes. of rejuvenation. Yes. Yeah. And already that they arrive, they've already got their That's other right. emotions going, like the other ways we use sleep as well, mm. affecting mm. things. Yeah. 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 Okay. I had a few questions about, and one of them came from you, Jen. Do you want to ask it about? Um, you don't have it, and um, I could give a clue. Um, you said um, Kushner is describing a distinct point in one's development where one no longer needs sleep, and where one releases earthly impositions, never to be encumbered by them again. What is the spiritual standard he is referring to? It seems to me that this occurs when a person reaches a certain development in love. But is there anything more specific you can share about the criteria? And this is what leads me back to Rita. You asked a question and I was get, I've come the long way around, but it's about sleep, the difference between earth life and, and spirit life. Because you do actually sleep in the spirit world for some time. But usually it's for that reason that we've just been talking about, to in avoidance of the circumstances around you. But, so there's many people in the hells who try to sleep quite a lot. But there is the other important factor, and this is, this is the point. It's actually not so much a point of development in love, although this does occur in the second sphere, so we could say it's that. But it's about, um, it's about releasing this feeling, this emotion of exhaustion that you have from the earth life. So people sleep to try to until they've released that. Because what many of us experience here on earth is this feeling of powerlessness to avoid the circumstances of life. Would you agree? And so many people pass over in this state of feeling exhausted from that. And these are the kind of the encumbrances he's talking about of the earth life. That, and once you reach the place of rest, you still may be carrying a lot of emotions. Well, Fred still is, and many people are carrying a lot of emotions um, to do with their earth life that are unhealed, that they need to still release. But they've worked through this exhaustion that they had about you know, the restrictions of the earth life and things like that. So is that clear to everyone? Ange? Mary, wouldn't it be the... Um the complete... I, I thought it was the, rem, the removal from the body of the error that had 
entered the soul, um, you know, from other outside circumstances. From circumstances that, yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Yep, that's part of the exhaustion, this powerless feeling to avoid the circumstances. Uh, that no, I'm saying that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the oh, I don't know. I've gone blank. Um, the the sleep that you were just talking about in the sleep the sleep state in the in the you know spirit, once, world. In spirit world. Sorry. Yeah. Um, wasn't that wasn't that what they were talking about? Was that relevant to what you were just saying? That where where the the so it seemed to me that the soul released the error that he hadn't created himself. I don't know, but but his parents or the environment and that's what I thought it was. Yeah, it's not strictly that, and I no. even checked this with AJ. Okay. That is more. I mean, that's part of it because it's about the circumstances. It's about yes. the oppression yes. you felt yes. in the circumstances yes. that you couldn't yes. avoid. Yes. So, yes, but it's not necessarily the the completion of all those emotions. Okay. It's okay. about releasing the, the exhaustion, exhaustion that okay. you had from that. Yeah. Because if you think about it, all of your causal emotions are to do with things that you couldn't control. All yeah. of your causal emotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and so he still is carrying injuries within him as he goes on in the spirit world now. Gotcha. But the exhaustion, yeah. the feeling yeah. of powerlessness yeah. that he had, yeah. being unable to escape things in yeah. his in his earthly okay. life. Yeah. That's my understanding, yeah. Edge. Yeah. That yeah, no, this is right. what is yeah. I can this see is it. what this rest is giving yes. him. Yeah. This yeah. is the completion of that exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. And but there is some place, isn't there, in the spirit world? Or I don't know, I just remember that, you know, we're not responsible. For the things that were done to us when we pass, or something, yeah, um, yeah, they are taken from us, or something. Or the the, the 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 balance, you know, is is swayed some. Yeah, some well, way. we talked about this uh, last week, I think, okay. uh, a little bit, and perhaps even the week before. Yeah, okay. About this idea that the or I think from the beginning we've been talking about that the majority of our spirit, our soul damage is all about the actions we've taken in yes. avoidance of yes. our causal emotions. Yes. Yes. So the things... But we've talked about kids. We talked about when they haven't activated their will, yeah. then they pass over without... You know, they yeah. don't have a penalty for what's inside of them. Yeah. But then we talked about the fact that if I have a causal emotion inside of me now, yeah. as an adult, that I'm now aware of, and the law of attraction is helping me to be aware of, yeah. and I avoid releasing it, then there's penalty right. in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Does, is that clear yeah, for everyone? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I'm just a bit hazy on the you know, thing I heard way, way back somewhere and I'm just trying to marry it now. Yeah. yeah. We never... So if my mother has placed an emotion in me, yeah. the, the that's impacted on her yeah. soul. Yeah. The pen, like the penalty, the consequence, yeah. whatever it is, that's yeah. on her soul. Yeah. But I carry now the emotion within me. Yes. Now, most of my soul damage happens because I take actions Denied in avoidance it. of yeah. that. Yeah. Or as a result. But it is my action now, yeah. my yeah. will, yeah. and yeah. that yeah. impacts upon yeah. me. Yeah. But there is also the fact that right now, if I'm, car if I'm carrying that emotion and I know that I'm carrying it and I'm not humble to yeah. it, yeah. then there's a penalty. Yeah, like, for sure. I I'm actively yeah. choosing something that's not loving. Yeah, but can God take the tiny little bit that created a, a way before we've dealt with the cause, you know, with our own, that we're responsible for. No. 
Okay. No. Okay. God can never take anything away from our soul unless our will is activated in it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we can long for yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, how does that happen? Go ahead. Everyone's freaking out. <laughs> I don't know where I heard it or read it, but I was sure that it was what was done to us is taken from us. We don't carry it as a penalty. It doesn't affect our position. But it's in, it's in you right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If God was going to take it out of you, he'd take it out of you. You have to want to take it out of you. That's the sad thing about what happens. Okay, it's a penalty. Do you, okay. Yeah, so... Do you Nobody understands. I can feel... I don't, I don't know if um, this relates. And he says, Yes, I have been sleeping. And I replied, But I'm sorry if I've caused you any trouble or inconvenience by doing so. Hush, hush, hush. Don't apologise, he said. That which is natural is right and never needs to be repented of. Yeah. So he's talking about sleep. Yeah. So about what needs to be repented and what we've caused or what's been caught being damaged. Yeah. I was trying to understand if that relates. I think that probably what we're talking about is the causal emotion that sits within your soul. Is Is that the page we're all on? So the causal emotion has entered you when you're small. It's in you now. Regardless of what you do, it has to come out of you. This, is, this relates to the abortion discussion we were having. A mother rejects her child through the act of abortion. That injury is in the child now. It passes over. It looks beautiful because it hasn't used its will to harm anyone else. So it looks beautiful, but that injury is inside that child now. The only way it can come out is if the child activates their will to have it come out. The pain is there now. This is the, this is the responsibility we have as parents that what, and human beings. But what is in me now has to come out, out of my own will. So when... When a, if we use the example of a child because it's a good way to, I think, I hope, to demonstrate the difference. When, um, when a child passes over, remember in the first chapter, Fred passed with a small boy and he looked like a cherub when he passed. And we tell him, why does he look good? That's because his will has not been activated and he, so he, de- he bears no penalty upon his soul for what he's done. You know, he, he, so he looks great. But he's lived in poverty, he's been rejected by his parents, he's been treated harshly as a street kid. That pain, will someone will help that to come out of him. But it doesn't automatically be taken away from him as he passes over. It's going to have to come out. Now, if he grew into a man and he did a lot of things, he became a thief and maybe one day for, by accident he killed someone, all these things, when he passes over, he's not going to look beautiful because there's consequences for the way he's used his will in avoidance of the causal emotions inside of him. When he passes over, the causal emotions are inside of him as well as what he's done in disharmony with love is bearing on his soul. The things that um, specify where he will go in the spirit world is what he has done. 
Do you understand that distinction? That determines his level in the spirit world. But this causal emotion is not taken away from him. He will have to use his will, just like all of us have to right now, to want to go to that very painful place inside of him if he wants to heal. So is that, do, is that cleared it up? Die? When you say go there, Mary, that means experiencing it, doesn't it? We have to yep. be willing to experience it because those aborted souls, their, their challenge is they have to experience those emotions. Exactly. Even though they've never acted yep. from it. And, so and remember a few weeks ago we talked about, oh, Summerland, they'd be better in Summerland. And I said, hang on, <laughs> what about the pain in that little soul? Because that's in them, you know, that ha- and there's help for them. But just like all of us, they have to use their will. And we all know how scary and difficult it can be to use our will to, as you said, I said, go there, to desire to experience those very painful emotions that were absorbed into us as we were a child. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jane? I think what um, Ange and Deb were talking about, something I was a bit confused about, I don't know if it's further into this book or if it's part or book two with Life of a Lesion where there's that lady, I think, in the centre of an arena or the devices on her... Is that the next chapter? Okay. I think I'm getting confused. So perhaps we could um, leave that that part of the discussion till the next chapter. I feel that what I've stated to you is most certainly the truth. Um... I'm willing to be corrected if it's not, but I feel pretty certain about that. Um, I just wanted to be clear that our causal em- God never removes the causal emotion. It's just that the consequence is not there for the causal emotion because it wasn't our will. So you can see it's always about how we've used our will in harmony or disharmony with love that impacts on our whole life. Yep, Nora and then Rob. There is a movie that I watched a couple of weeks ago. It's called um, Let's Talk About Kevin. Yes. And although, yeah, I think yep. that in a way um, illustrates what we're talking about here. I in haven't seen the movie. I've read the book, so I don't know yeah. if it yeah. marries together. But yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, it's what, if, like, yeah, a mother. I'm not going to talk about the whole movie, but... Yeah, because you don't want to give it away. No, no. Yeah. It just explains... Um, through the mother's action, what the ch- child is um, yeah. able to do. Yep. Yeah, awesome. In the book, I found it a little bit ambiguous as to whether the mother was taking responsibility for what happened. So, yeah. Rob? Uh, yeah, just getting back to that thing in, like, in the first line of where your true desires are and where you end up and yep. that. You're talking about the causal emotion. Like, I could have a causal emotion that I've never acted on. Like, it, I might have a desire, a murderous rage that yep. I've never acted on. Yeah. So when I die, that's going to put me in a pretty bad place, even though I've never acted on it. Yeah. So that's just another aspect of what you're talking about before, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. If that's... And it's very unlikely that we would have a causal emotion within us that we've never acted upon. Mm. But we might not have acted upon it, as you point out, to the full extent of how it exists within us. Because of the other thing you pointed out before, laws and all that, you know. I think I've got a few of those. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's as bad as you think, Rob, but I like that you think about it. (laughs) Pierre? 
How are we doing for time just before? Four, okay, yeah. Yes, because I, I suppose just the thought of murder is just already a sin, right? If, even if we have not acted upon becoming a murderer, if we have a thought of, of that, it's already a sin, right? Yeah, it's a very serious impact upon our soul. If we go ahead and murder, that's even more serious. So there is a distinction between the two. Um, that's quite important. Um, when we were having the discussion about free will, uh, I was talking to AJ about a scenario where someone strapped a bomb. Say someone strapped a bomb to themselves and they were going to run in here and let off the bomb. So they've got inside of themselves this desire and they're using their will to murder 60 people, say. And I was asking him about, so what would happen if I was a person outside and I restrained them in some way? You know, I stopped them. What would be the impact upon the soul of that person with the bomb? Because they didn't get to enact their desire. And he was saying, and I agree with him, that the he, he still has a very dark soul condition because that desire is within him and he was willing to take action on it. However, my act of tackling him or restraining him or whatever it is I might do, I, and this is interesting to think about in terms of the use of your will, I actually assist him quite a lot because he doesn't actually bear the deaths of 60 people upon his soul. He's just the desire upon him. So this is interesting. And if you think about Fred... Think about the way he died. He died trying to save the life of another, and that impacted a lot upon his soul. Yeah, Sandra. It's interesting though with the bomb because if um, you know you're going to blow as well, so you sac- you know you're sacrificing yourself. Like Fred didn't know that. I mean, he was hoping to save the child. So then I wonder, like, if you knew, wow, he's going to kill the sixty people in there, or just us two, mm-hmm. how does that impact our soul? You know, like. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think in the moment, if you were truly motivated by love, you wouldn't even would, think yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. 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 But it's a very uh, loving act, I suppose. Geraldine. I just wouldn't mind covering the last couple of points because it'd be good if we can... We're going to have a three-week break after today, so if we can um, try to get through Chapter 4, if you're happy to hang in there with me for a while. Just very briefly, Mary... Um, just in response to your little story about the the bomb, um, that would be his law of attraction. If you went and um, stopped him from doing it, something in his soul maybe wanted to be stopped. Do you think? No. No? Not necessarily, no. No. It wasn't his law of attraction that you went and stopped him? Yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in his soul he had a desire to be stopped. Remember, God's law of attraction is a loving law that acts to confront error with love or with truth. Always. That's how it operates. So, yes, it could be his law. It could be the law of It is the law of attraction in operation if I stop him. But that doesn't mean that he wants to be stopped. That is the love inside of me or interacting with the error inside of him that is God remember it and this is where you know and I know AJ and I do it sometimes when we talk about our law of attraction we need to be very clear that it's God's law of attraction so God has designed an attraction between my soul and his to confront 
the error, the lack of love within him. And so that is God's gift to him, actually. So it, that could be an opportunity for him to uh, repent or It whatever. is, yeah. it is. But it doesn't mean that he had the desire for that to happen. In yeah, fact, sure. it's probably his opposite desire that has attracted yeah. me to him. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And could I just ask, clarify something else that you said? Um, it was... Um, uh, it just keeps on going out of my mind. Um, yeah, that there's a penalty on our soul if we um, don't take an opportunity to feel an emotion. If the opportunity is there and we don't take it, and um, I thought... Well, did I say that? I thought you said that. I said it's very unlikely that if we're not feeling a causal emotion that we haven't taken action on that. Taken action to avoid that emotion. Oh, sorry, can you say that again? I said that if a causal emotion exists within us and it's unfelt, it's very unlikely that we haven't taken an action to avoid that emotion, which would, by definition, be out of harmony with love, and therefore there would be a penalty associated with it. Yeah, I understand that. that. Yeah. 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 So it's not that, you know, like if there's an emotion, if there's an opportunity to deal with an emotion and you avoid that or put it off, then there's a penalty on the soul because you've rejected a gift, an opportunity? Well... It's inherent in the process that you're in, though. Because if you're presented with an opportunity and you, you make a choice to avoid it, it's not, that you, it's not a punishment for avoiding. It's just that, through the avoidance, it is extremely likely... Well, you are being unloving to yourself, but it's also extremely unlikely that you've been unloving to your environment or to someone around you through that process. So it's not a punishment for not feeling. It's just that when we use our will in opposition with love, it impacts upon our soul. Does that make sense? Yeah, sort of. I just need to pray about that, I think. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's no punishment involved. It's just like a consequence. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I just wouldn't mind ploughing through just a few of the other points that I wanted to cover. um, So we talked about the gratification of desires and um, how when we enter the spirit world, that is really evident, but it depends on our condition and our desires, you know, that of what that experience will be like for us but also that there's a parallel between our earth life that we often overlook we say oh in the spirit world it's all good not recognizing that wow how what what are my desires here on earth because when we have a pure desire and that's something i've said in the past i believe that is one of the most powerful forces second to love in the universe a loving you know second to god's love a loving a, a desire of ours in harmony with god's love super powerful so that doesn't get more powerful in the spirit world it's it's very powerful here you know so we can have that gratification of our desires here on earth it's not to think that it's completely separate yeah um and we talked about sleep i think we've really exhausted sleep haven't we (laughs) the other part of the chapter and how are you going guys are you ready do you happy to hang in for just a bit longer because i Yeah, I would love to finish a chapter with you today. Um, um, 
a part of the chapter that really moved me um, was uh, when he's speaking with Krishna and they're talking about... Um, he's talking about the infinite nature of the life, really, isn't he? And of learning. And he says... The highest soul with which we are acquainted says he is but standing upon the shore, looking out and across the sea of infinity, over which he needs an eternity to sail. But he knows not what lies beyond for him to solve and explore before he can discern all the fullness and glory and development of glory and development God has prepared for our future enjoyment. All we can do is to seek to know that which is here around us. When we have comprehended that, the law of this existence will raise us to wider and higher fields of contemplation. And so we shall mount the ladder whose top rests against the throne of God. It's just stunningly beautiful, isn't it? Um, but it says a lot about the process of learning and the process yet one step at a time, uh, that it's laid out there before us. But also, I suppose, what it struck in me, and and I have sad feelings about this because it's almost like remembering a state that I used to be in that I don't feel I'm in now, but it's about loving the process of seeking, just loving it, loving the constant yearning and desire to know more and to grow and never being attached to the end point but just loving the process of knowing my soul and knowing God's soul and being in this constant learning uh, process. Yeah, Raj? I just got super excited when Krishna talks about surprise being such a friend. Yeah, that also too. Just, what does he say? It was so just, beautiful. Just awesome. Surprise is one of God's favourite angels. Yeah. <laughs> And, and how, we, how we normally will run from surprise, like we don't want surprises. That's what I wrote as a note yeah. to myself. Do I love surprise? Surprise relates to change. Yeah. Who loves change? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I remember in, in The Way of the Heart, there was this great saying that said, the world is diametrically opposed to the kingdom. It's like everything that we think here is the opposite there. Yeah. And so surprise becomes the greatest gift yes, that you exactly. can have. Yeah. It yeah. was really beautiful. Yeah. And it's so much, isn't it, about, you know, we're seeing so much of the playful nature and the inquisitiveness. Um, Karen in Sweden wrote to me about that um, just briefly. You know, she said... Um, I can remember being inquisitive as a child and now I feel sad that I've lost that open desire to know. And even my suggestion that everyone find ten truths, you know, she said, it feels like pressure, you know. I feel like it's a chore and what school did to my desire to discover things. You, when I gave you that homework, I was, you know, like, can you find ten truths, you know. But it feels then like, oh, that all that emotion we're carrying. And as you said, Raj, just diametrically opposed to how God's even created us to be, which is this fully engaged learning being all of the time. Yeah. Kelly? Um, when I was a child, and it brings up that, that as well, around asking why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Just that question, why? And, 
Who was at the concert on Sunday and Josh's whole song of just saying why? Oh, right. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just being, you know, told by my parents or at school, you don't keep asking why, Kelly. Why, you know, like yeah. you're troublesome. Why? What's your problem? You yeah. know, you're yeah. always asking why all the time. Yeah. And even in a natural love course I was doing, they basically said delete that question. Wow. Like, you don't ask why, basically, because you end up down a rabbit hole. Of course, Because there's no truth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't go down, you know, that path. Sad, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I suppose when when we don't have any way of discerning truth, why does become kind of a... You could get circular, couldn't it? But once we have the tools to discern truth, then wow, why is very, um, like, empowering. Yeah. And I was thinking about, we're talking about your childhood. Like, I know AJ and I have this vision of creating a world where children don't even have to, they are encouraged to ask why, but even the answer to their question is inherent in the environment around them, that they can discover why really easily. Now we're like, don't touch that, give me that, you shouldn't be doing that, are you being careful? You know, all that stuff where they're not allowed to just like experiment, make mistakes, wreck something, feel about that, you know, that that whole why thing, we become dependent on asking everyone why, 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 because they've limited everything else we have in order to discover, even if it's just emotionally, that that limitation's been put on us, yeah. Uh, Glenda and then Jen. Yeah, it's just a little bit more about that surprise. It feels to me like the whole thing is designed to fire up my passion and excitement. And on page 52 of the printout, he also says... He finds that every question I ask gives birth to a hundred others in the reply it receives. And I almost fear to think of the time that must elapse before I can even begin to climb. And it's just like the mind boggles that I could be so interested I'm allowed to ask why without getting into trouble. It's fascinating. Yeah. Exciting. feel the energy in the room as we're talking about this. Everyone's like, yeah, wow. And you can feel that just opening that part of ourselves, which Fred has open, and I feel like that's why his story is so amazing, because he arrives with that part of him open. I want to find truth, and I'm not afraid of the pain related to it, because he went through so much Mm. on earth. So he's like oh, okay, am I going to a judgment hall? Not even, wow, that's really cool, what's that? You know, and, you know, he's not like, oh, maybe there's a judgment hall. He's, he wants, and, and that whole process of like exploration, and it's so much closer to the nature that God made us with. And, and even just like practicing living in that for a day, I reckon is a really interesting experiment just to, but, and it triggers my grief because I feel like, oh, wow, actually... I don't feel interested because I just feel really sad, you know. But just taking notice of how much sadness there is around my Mm. desire to be engaged with things, yeah. Because half the time I'm exhausted (laughs) from, you know, could I just rest or sleep because I'm exhausted from avoiding all the grief I have around. And you find this especially about certain things that have an, an event associated or a theme from your childhood associated with gardening for some people that's like amazing for other people it's like oh I feel really you know it could be a fear of 
something that was put inside of you, the fear of the environment, the fear of the outdoors, or it could be a competitive parent who was the gardener in the family and you shouldn't threaten their, their role as that. And so in order to do that activity and be interested in it again, you have to confront the grief of that projection. So there's, there's just so much in this um, that suppresses this natural state of, of being. But if we kind of get engaged with it like we are right now and everyone's like, yeah... Um, it leads to so much more. And this is this thing that we keep highlighting. When you use your will, that's when you learn more. When you use your will, that's when things get triggered more. When you use your will, you, you make mistakes and then you learn even more. <laughs> yeah, so. Jennifer? Mary, could you reread that part that you just read about... It had to do with the immediate environment. Uh, well, that... The one you just read. The one I just read about the learning with God... Was that what I just read? The higher soul with which we are acquainted. Is that what you just read? Yeah. I might not have read it, I might have said it, did I? No, you were just reading. The higher soul with which we are acquainted says, but he is but standing upon the shore, looking out and across the sea of infinity, over which he needs an eternity to sail. But he knows not what lies beyond for him to solve and explore before he can discern all the fullness and glory of glory and development God has prepared for our future enjoyment. All we can do is seek to know that which is here around us. When we have comprehended that, the law of this existence will raise us to wider and higher fields of contemplation. And so we shall mount the ladder whose top rests against the throne of God. Yeah, that's the part. Because that just touched me so deeply that... If we just really observe what's around us, we will see the gift. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just opened my heart so much. Beautiful. The, the love that is inherent in that. It's yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for repeating that. No problem. It's my favorite part so far in the book, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joy, if we go to Joy, you're right, Kelly. You don't have to feel embarrassed about sharing. <laughs> I love it. Um, I thought he observed some beautiful qualities in Krishna that um, AJ demonstrates to us as well. And that was that there's no impatience um, or reluctance to attend to someone. And that everything is done with such thoroughness. And I know from my own injuries, like, I'm always thinking about the next thing and think, well, the next thing will make me look better or the next thing might get approval and and not always willing to just stay with what's what you're doing now with that person or... Just get you... With that person or that task. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you feel a bit embarrassed sharing that one, Joy, or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this beautiful thing where he says to him, whenever you see anything you do not understand, ask. And when you ask, stand still. And do not hesitate to wait until you have mastered your inquiries. Just so beautiful I wrote beside it you have eternity to learn truth but you can only do it if you engage learning so yeah yeah Yeah, very beautiful Kel (laughs) I feel the emotion of asking too many questions today (laughs) we're just talking about asking questions it's good (laughs) exactly Um, yeah no just the the um, mount the ladder 
whose top rests against the throne of God, like just taking each step and really that staying in it. And I've so wanted to think my way ahead of where I'm really at yeah. in, a, in a condition. Yeah. And not, it's sort of like a denial in a sense of, um, of where I, like where Jennifer I said, if I just sit where I am yeah. right now, God's going to show me a lot of things. He already is. Yeah. yeah that's, and oh. it is like a denial, like, oh, I've got to get ahead to there. And, there, and we're yeah. s- just still avoiding this place we're in right now. There's I just agree. such an emotion of that in itself, of wanting to be ahead more than I really am at now. Yes. Yeah. And if you think about that, it's a lot to do with childhood, isn't it? Like, mm. yeah. I won't be loved if I'm here. I've got to get yeah. to there. And then, yeah. But even in our society today, sorry. You're right. <laughs> oh, stop, I'll grab it. Go for it. <laughs> I love it. Um, how to achieve. You know, it's like the goal. It's be that's, better. And that's be what I wrote about learning. I said it's a process, not an achievement. Mm. We're never going to get to learn everything in God's universe. Mm. So we've got to love this process. But how diametrically opposed, as Raj said, is that yeah. to the the way that our world tends yeah, to operate school, now. Universities, everything. It's, it's all universe. about get yeah. the piece of paper, get the mark, get mm. the yeah, yeah. Raj, and then we we'll go to Luli. And of course, we drop time. Yes, that's an important so part in here. That's yeah. one of our primary elements in this world that controls us. Yeah. And keeps us separate from God. Yeah. Is because we're too busy. And we've got to get something done. Yeah. And in the, wor- in, in the other world, there is no time. Yeah, well, he, he's saying, what does he say? It was just so beautiful about achievement. Um, yeah. Time is measured by results. Achieved. And not by earthly time, yeah. I just thought that's so beautiful. What if I just explored my soul growth under that premise. So just like under achievement. Mm. What have I achieved, you know? Where where am I headed? And by this we can't say the achievement of learning or it's the what have I how have I grown, you know? And we get very we're kind of tyrants with ourselves, aren't we, around time? Like, ah, you haven't done it good enough, ah, you haven't you know, come on, tick tock and or we're the other way, like, yeah, later. <laughs> You know, it's, it becomes sort of, whereas if we're really in this soul space of like, where am I headed? Time is irrelevant. It really is. And I find that the more I go on and the more I live with AJ and the more we kind of grow together, that weeks can feel like years or months can feel like days. It's just, it's just not part of so much of where we're where we're focused anymore we we still try to get to places on time and stuff but it's not life is not measured in that way we're really measuring things in terms of our relationship with god and with each other it's like okay this is still an issue it doesn't matter how it just is now or this has been a growth and it's a beautiful way to live life actually different point of focus yeah can i just make one more comment before i lose the microphone (laughs) (laughs) it's it's hot today i like it there's, a, there's an amazing thing in here as he relinquishes the whole thing with his friend sleep, yep. which I think is, is to me is, is intrinsic to his, his nature. It's just incredible. And it says, therefore we parted with the earnest wish that every needy soul yeah. would find her as faithful and consoling as she had been for me. 
Yeah. And when in turn, they too should part from her pleasant company, it would be with the fragrant memories I should continue to cherish. Yeah. His Fred is just such a loving character, isn't he? He's a real philanthropist. Yeah. Small wonder he's where he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, go to Suze, but can we go to Luli first? If we just leave the mic with Suze and go to Luli. Yeah, um, yeah I was just going to mention the time thing as well because um, it just seems so ludicrous to spend our lives going, how much time has passed? How much time have we got until the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. When it's just kind of, it's almost like an illusion on earth yeah. and a complete waste of time. Oh. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, because in the end, it, God sees our soul. That's it. He just sees our soul. He loves it and he sees what's in it. And it doesn't matter if it's like two years, two minutes, two, you know, what, whatever endeavour we've been in. He's just seeing our soul and, yeah, it is irrelevant. And there's infinity. So he's just going, well, when you deal with that, that'll be great. Just, you know, yeah, when and, you deal with that. And, like, Kushner and Newsmoth, well, they're both so patient and yeah. calm and, like, yeah. not like... I'm always like, oh, I've got to go down and get on to the next thing and stuff, and they're like the complete opposite. Yeah, very beautiful. Something to aspire to. It is. If we want to teach other people, it's something really to aspire to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Suzanne? Yeah, it, this, this kind of follows on, I think. It's when he was observing Kushner moving toward him across the field, yeah. talking with very few different people. Yeah. And he said every transaction he was called upon to execute no matter how trivial, was attended with a thoroughness which suggested that it was the, the principal object of his care and solicitation. Yeah. And it's just that. Yeah. yeah. And that really made me... That, the whole time thing all my life has been something that I think has caused me to misuse my free will or fall into sin so many times. How much I've punished myself with it and punished other people with yeah. it. And it's that... That, that, to my mind, that's almost like a definition of love. Well, it's yeah, it's an we, example of love in action, isn't it? It's of love. Yeah. And if just, we're lucky enough to have good grandparents, you'll experience something like that. I did with my grandparents, that, that patience and the time. Yeah, really and the engagement with you just yeah. as their principal object. Yeah, yeah. total. Yeah. yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. And... and um, I agree, when we live in fear, when we want control, time becomes a big issue. And yet, as Kushner's example demonstrates, he's just loving. And so there's no panic about where he's got to get to next. He's just like, oh, Kelly, oh, Deb. Oh, you know, there's no need to like... I know I'm like that sometimes at the end of a seminar. I'm like, oh my gosh, right, we've got to pack up. There's someone in front of me. I really love this person, but... Oh, okay, yep, and Mary, stay in truth. And yep, just but also love yourself. And um, hang on, where do I really want to be? And, and that's when you kind of go, you look pretty tired, Mary. <laughs> Some people say that to me. So I've been focusing a lot on just being present. And also using my will in the way that I want to. So not being like, not having my will pulled to another place because I'm afraid to just say, look, I need to do something else. But also when I'm with someone, engage with that person with my heart. Yeah. Karen? 
how are we going for time? I just had a fleeting flash joy that the reason we did this at 2.30 is because we have to be out of here by five. Because it's Anzac Day tomorrow. Karate? Yeah. I love the actions, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. By karate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that just popped in. Thanks, Spirit Guide. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're going well. Just following from that, one of my big discoveries in January was that. Um, we can't actually find God in the future or in the past. We have to be in the present to find God. So it's totally. the only place to be. Yeah. If we're thinking about, you know, where we're going to be and the God's like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glenda? Yeah, talking about when Kushner was coming towards him, he said his face and complexion were Egyptian. And this just brings it home to me that um, any racist feeling or homophobia that's been in the news recently or any sort of um, feeling against another is actually an act of violence yeah and has no place at all in god's world either spirit world or here yeah has no place in love Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely jane I actually got quite excited near the end of the book where he talks about the robes and where. Yes. Yeah, Thank you for leading us talking to the about end. the watches yeah. um, and um, about yeah, just about the robes, how the the different blending of the colours and just with him that it's about truth. Like he's, yeah. he's got that such a thirst about truth, truth. and wanting um, to know about knowledge. And I'm thinking one day, like whether the more we grow in love, whether we will start wearing like clothing, clothing that will reflect our own soul condition, which which then we can assist. Because I like the bit when he said that um, that this is why... You, oh, hang on. Um, Therefore, whoever sees you will be anxious to afford all available assistance in rectifying your past failures. So whether we identify someone in whatever robe they're wearing, where we can go up to them and help them yeah. to help yeah, go through some of their unhealed conditions. Yeah. yeah, conditions. I don't know if that's yeah. how it's going to I don't know. I, I, you know, AJ and I love um, colour and, and, you know, having fun with colour and stuff. So I'd be really bored if I was consigned to one colour. <laughs> would it be God's truth? Is it? I, I don't know. I, what I, I mean, I guess what I feel when you're saying that, Jane, is that the more we develop our own soul in love, the more we'll be able to feel the audience and go, oh, that person could do with some help on this issue or, you know, we'll have the compassion and the love enough to feel almost the colours. Inher- and I already feel that. Sometimes you meet someone and you go, wow, they've got really similar passions to me. And it, we haven't necessarily talked about it, but you can sort of feel that. Um, so, and perhaps, you know the people who are helping in the lower spheres utilise the colours a lot. But I, I feel that as we raise our condition, it's the soul feeling that we're responding to. It's more like the spirit body, again, is the reflection of the soul rather than the, the thing that guides us. It's, yeah, both things. But it's an interesting thought. Yeah. I thought you were going to say we're going to change colour. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but this is, it's beautiful what he says, isn't it, about just the care that God has, the love that God has to have someone, a messenger there who's going to know 
you're just going to be able to sense you, what you desire, what you, what's going to help you the most. And that's for everyone. Um, just beautiful. Um, and there's no possibility of any mistake. It's infallible. And this law of love is flexible, you know. And this is, this is like, you know, Pierre saying, okay, if the baby sleeps a lot, what does that mean? Well, it's flexible. Depen- the, truth, the truth is not flexible. The truth is definite. But there's no single answer for everyone. It's going to depend. And, and this kind of idea that God's love allows for so much um, diversity, like, look at all of us sitting here, and God's loving us all equally, you know? And we're so different and the same, and, you know, we look different, and we act different, and we feel different, and, and yet, you know, there's a law of love that can govern all of us and that we can interact with, yeah. Okay. Any last points that we haven't covered from this chapter? Joy, and then Deb. Thank you. It was just on what you were just saying, that whole flexibility thing and how individual it is and how different that is to the way things are on earth. Yes. Like all of our systems and processes and teaching and administration, yeah. everything is like, okay, this is one solution. This is the box yeah. for that solution. Yeah. You know, and, and we've kind of bend and, ourselves and, to fit into yes, the system. Try and make, squash everyone yeah. into fit that box. And what do you is. think drives that? What emotion drives that? Economy. It's all about economy. Fear. It's about it's fear. fear. It's lack. About fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but our whole, our whole world is driven on the economy, whether it's the education or the religious or the administration. Mm. And yet economy, do you see what I'm saying? Economy is it's an extension of based. fear. Because mm. if we look at the spirit world, everything is it's completely fear. abundant. Yep. And there is that possibility here. But mm. this it's desire fear. for economy is fear-driven. Fear of lack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I don't understand. What do you mean? Economy. Yeah. Just the word economy, you know. <laughs> when you think about it, we're supposed to be living an abundant life. Yeah, oh, yes. Huh? See what it's you're called saying. economy, right? Yes, so yes. Just yes. be frugal with it, be yes. careful. Yeah, worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, worry about yeah. the economy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Got you. Deb, Pierre, if we just come to Deb. Um, yeah, I, well, I was really touched by the naturalness. I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but just that that the naturalness is of God, the natural thing to do. I just, I had just had a huge relief around that, yeah. that God's normal. It's so normal. It's so inherent within us. Yeah. It flows from us. It's not hard yeah. to discern. Yeah. And especially thing like you were mentioning a few weeks ago about, about being loving in a, in a certain place, rather than asking yourself what's loving, just what's the natural, you know? Yeah. You Be natural and let God correct, correct you naturally and... I, and that's God. <laughs> yeah, that's God. What a relief, I agree. Okay, yeah. I, I've, I get these emails from women who are Mary, the real Mary Magdalene. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, they talk about a lot of stuff that doesn't feel very natural to me. You know, cosmic oneness, divine womb, like, you know, all this stuff. And I go, yeah, but what does that really mean? Like, I never want to be someone who jargons you. I just want to be natural. And because that's God. God responds to humility, simplicity. It doesn't mean things are boring. It just, he loves a humble heart, you know? And he loves with a humble heart. It's all this beautiful, grounded thing that yeah, we don't need to make everything you know, feathers, crystals. Eagle was Eagle was joking with me about having an intro with the smoke machine through the mist, and you know, 
I think he knew it was never going to fly. It was just a funny thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it also reminds me when I forget that the naturalness of... Um, of, of our causal emotions, I just yeah. think, well, it's just like a big pimple, and it's got to come out sometime. And I will just bring it out when it, you know, like, yeah. Rather than sweating, I mean, I do sweat, and I, you know, yeah. sometimes I want to sweat. <laughs> yeah, just I trusting know. God's process, trusting His process, mm. His design. He made this soul absolutely, and when it comes out, it's probably going to look naturally a bit messy. You know, like it doesn't have to be. Or this is part of my problem definitely that I want to get up here and kind of just not be painfully natural because <laughs> I have an inner critic or something where I go oh Mary they can't even follow you now and you know just you make you embarrassing everyone with your all the you know junk I've got in there but um but it's so rewarding isn't it when someone's just natural with you I think that and I think no just be messy <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I feel it's the learning process I, re, I feel like I'm excited about the learning process whereas a child of my whole life I yeah. haven't been and the law of learning from God is yeah. beautiful and yeah I love that and this is where if we backtrack itself. a little bit you know um, the quote from the Paget messages where it's hard to learn about heaven and hell and how here we can be here and we can learn about heaven and it sort of opens this big doorway, doesn't it, where we go, oh, love, oh, this could be okay. Oh, now I'm a bit more inspired in this place. And this is where I feel the beauty of sharing divine truth is with people because, you know, it's not a, it's not a terrible story that God's kind of designed for us. It's a great one. And, but a lot of us, if you think about it, we've laboured for a lot of years feeling that it's a pretty dark story. Uh, and this feeling now that you have that, no, I want to learn, I just think that's beautiful, Kel, you know? Yeah. And that comes, I feel, from this presence of the fact that you know that there is a beautiful truth about the spirit world and our life, yeah. Hmm. There hasn't been a lot of truth out there to learn from. Yeah. So yeah, learning about the divine truth and love and, and meeting you and AJ has just that. Yeah. Has just lifted my soul and I know there's a you know infinite to go but um, that learning is it thanks Kel and that's the beautiful desire in you you know that you know I was talking about pure desire and loving desire that is such a beautiful quality that God sees to learn you know for your own to learn and Barb in her interview today was talking about how she just Sorry, Barb's is okay. <laughs> she just desires now to deal with why she had these abortions. What you know, she wants to deal with these emotions, and that desire is just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing to want to. And yeah, we have to act on that desire. But without that desire, you know, nothing's going to change. Yeah. So. All right, guys. I reckon we should finish there, or we'll be in karate. <laughs> <laughs> martial arts this year um thank you for joining me for chapter five um and thanks for your grace with my wobbles today uh there's going to be a th- <laughs> i felt wobbly we'll have a three-week break now because aj and i'll be on the road so you'll find the date for the next 
talk already on the blog, and that will be in the the next three um, meetings we have after we get back. So we're away for three weeks, then we have three more meetings. They'll all be in the hall next door, and then we're going to be away for another three weeks travelling. And it's my hope that we might be able to do a group somewhere on the road in the, the second three weeks, maybe at Kayabra or something. Uh, so you, hopefully you can tune in in that way. Um, but thank you. It's such a pleasure to do this with all of you. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I hope that it's... Uh... And we should thank Fred and Robert because, like, what a gift... And um, also I would really sincerely like to thank um, Joy, Vlad, Igor and Lena especially. Um, And Di is often around and, yeah, just these guys who are here every week. You know, it's almost like we we kind of see each other every day now. (laughs) Didn't I just see you? Weren't we just doing this packet? Because, you know, only a couple of days ago we were in seminars all weekend, so... Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for your efforts. It's really and I think I can extend thanks from many parts around the world for you guys and your service that you're giving in recording these sessions because I get lovely emails. So. Making it quick is amazing. Yeah, so. Jennifer's just been following along from the States and now she can fly in and be right in, in the thick of it, up to date, yeah. So that's beautiful too. All right, guys, um, see, you, see you in a few weeks. Have, yeah, thank you. Enjoy the exploring. Karate and rock on. Yeah. Uh, activate the inquisitive side of your soul and see what it brings up. Yeah.